Pastor Michael, day 12. We're going to do some gay nay or nuance for our patrons after this. But Pastor Michael, we're going to discuss, at least briefly, two blog articles on the top theology stories of 2023. One from the Gospel Coalition and one from a Telegram channel I've started following recently called the Evangelical Dark Web. And if you wanted the people who are ready to come at all of the big evil leaders, it would be the people at the (laughs) website, the Theological Dark Web. Now, uh, and so it'll be interesting to see how these top stories compare. Um, And so we will look at these. I am still drinking liquid death. Um, I didn't have time to get a new beverage. Um, But I'm sure that's not a trend. Which is just water. And so if you weren't here for the last episode, it's just water, I guess. Right from the Alps. That's all you need to know. (laughs) Which if if liquid death does not, you know, give you a picture of beautiful, flowing, clear streams coming down from the Alps, I don't know what would. (laughs) Maybe maybe this can would. (laughs) All right. Doesn't that make you think of the Swiss? So, Pastor Michael, let's look at Colin Hansen's rundown <laughs> of the top stories from 2023. We've talked about a number of these. And so, yeah, I'll be, I'm intrigued to see how many of these we actually covered already. All right. Southern Baptist Convention disfellowships Saddleback Church over female pastors. Indeed, Pastor Michael, that, of course, was a major story uh, when one Rick Warren, the trainer of a million pastors, <laughs> The launcher of a thousand churches, was, more, money more, probably, probably more. Who was given? Who, who posthumously gave Charles Spurgeon an MDiv? Who personally <laughs> trained the great yeah. Charles Spurgeon? <laughs> who, who asked to never be given honorific degrees? Who uh, himself changed the world with his Daniel diet? Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, not even him. But his successors uh, adopted female elders and were disfellowshipped. Uh, so, obviously, apparently, this is going to continue to be a problem because Baptists who agree on nearly every theological point disagree about how confession should function in the convention united around mission. I think you would want your missions to be done by people who agree to obey the very clear obvious teachings of scripture everybody that's that's just how it's got to be all right number nine this is an interestingly framed one pro-life movement regroups after electoral setbacks um in the sixth month of 2023 the first year after dobbs overturned um righteous life-affirming laws do indeed change behavior but during this fall elections, abortion advocates prevailed in Ohio, um, defeated pro-life candidates in Kentucky and across Virginia. The next phase of the pro-life movement will need to prioritize persuasion so every unborn child will be treated as a as bearing the image of God. Pastor Michael, uh, we did not talk about the setbacks the pro-life movement faced in this year. Yeah, it's, I know that, I mean, there have been different times that we've talked about um, abolitionism and um, some Especially of the Especially before Dobbs and in the lead Yeah, some of the pro-life movement it. and uh, different things like that. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's notable uh, for sure, but I, you know, I don't know, I don't know if, 
you would place this in the top theological uh, thing, although it's a major topic, right? I mean, it is a major topic uh, because of of that. But I wonder if is uh, the the theological topic is not, hey, how do we convince people? How do we, you know, persuade? Um, it, or it doesn't seem that as much as what is the role and place of Christians in the political process? Mm. I feel like that's the question at hand. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll come to that because Christian nationalism is one of the top stories from last year. Obviously, yes. uh, especially for Colin Hansen and TGC. Number eight, no surprise. Uh, Timothy Keller dies. Yep. Um, yeah, and that was I mean it was notable. And we I mean we did an episode um, about Tim Keller uh, and uh, talked about him a bit. And uh, so, and what's again? I think maybe what's more interesting is how uh, Hanson, who obvious who wrote his biography, looks up to him, frames it. Without Tim Keller, evangelicals lack an obvious successor who can speak with breadth of experience and depth of insight on decline and renewal in the American church. We're left wondering what else he might have written about the Western obsession with identity with his unique combination of biblical exegesis and cultural acknowledges. And so uh, I think it's it is interesting that TGC thinks the theological story is not just that a a man with a very important legacy, which we again, we talked about thanking God for uh, died, but that there is a leadership vacuum mm. that somebody gets to fill now. Yeah. And it's no, and, and then not an obvious one is we what don't you know know they say. We don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. That is yep. really fascinating. Um, and again, I think the, it, it just keeps pointing out these conversations will be contentious because people perceive these things as up for grabs. Right. All right. Number again, a very f- interestingly fat, uh, uh, framed one fears of christian nationalism focus on new speaker two years after the term christian nationalism emerged in the aftermath of the u.s capital attacks definitions remain elusive and then uh mike johnson is that true did that did that did that term really just come about after uh um after january 6th is that what happened yeah I, i feel like that was a term that was around and in the air long before uh, the first time we email, uh, interviewed Stephen Wolf on Two Kingdoms Theology years before that, said he said, I'm writing a book on Christian nationalism. Yeah, so I mean, it's been around. It's just not maybe, I'm even listening to what he's had so far, right? It's actually more so focused not on theological stories, but on, hey, what do kind of, you know, like mainstream media sources think about some of these things, right? right? Like that, doesn't it seem that way a little bit yeah. uh, that it, that's how it's, you know, focus. Hey, what, uh, what it's, it's uh, almost more political, right? Like, Hey, what are these political stories that have a theological bent to them? Right. Right. Obviously I would say what a culture warrior, by the way, what a, what what a culture warrior. Call this poor guy that I would say (laughs) this battleback story is a direct right inside evangelicalism. Yep. Pastor Tim Keller dying a direct theological story, but again, right. This idea. Yeah. Uh, the only question of whether influence will come from Christianity or another religion or secularism is variant. It's right. So there you go. All right. This next one, I don't even know what to say. High profile conversions suggest disenchantment with secularism. 
I do think there's probably a disenchantment with sexual uh, secularism, but I'm about to read three names of people that I've never heard. And they could have been strangers that I, that I live next door, like that I've met in a coffee shop. I am Hershey Ali, Catherine, Don Drakenberg and Molly Worthen came to Christianity from divergent backgrounds. Do you know who any of those people are? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the last one. Oh, okay. Uh, great. You know, uh, Ian Hersey even... Ali has been a, a you know kind of well known prominent um, speaker against Islam. You know, coming out of Islam, uh, if I remember correctly, I may be mixing her up with somebody else, uh, but I believe so. Anyway, it was kind of involved in you know maybe like more like the it as this is maybe just my my perception, which I don't even know what liquid death is. So you know, yeah. don't don't trust I... everything that I think. Uh, and I don't about know what's going on in the culture. these people are so. right but uh like uh, she was I, I think of her more involved in kind of the intellectual dark web um those types of circles um so that is interesting to me i didn't know actually that she she converted um kat von d is pretty recent somewhat recent um uh, but she was well known for i and only know this because i just started to listen just to the beginning of a podcast that she was on hmm. um with uh just with a, a comedian because I had heard that this is a woman who's a high profile conversion recently. Uh, but I just started to listen and apparently she was like a well-known tattoo artist was on um, LA Inc. I think, uh, or like those like tattoo reality shows and was known for that and kind of deeply involved in some, in some pretty dark stuff um, around that and has recently converted to Christianity huh. seemingly and not like a, you know, big flashy way even necessarily but just in a kind of a regular smaller church kind of a setting yeah i mean our podcast reported on this not when these apparently fairly respected people did this back early on in this podcast we did it when kanye west of course uh <laughs> back when that who, was who boy has that one not gone as it not aged <laughs> not gone as it could have gone uh, so, <laughs> number five de-churching trends <laughs> defies expectations not until this year did we fully comprehend the scale of departures from the church in the last 25 to 30 years? Right. So again, the, we've talked about, again, this is again, a, a theological story of the people yep. is uh, the, is the huge amount of people leaving this yeah. next one. We've talked about in this 12 days, Gen Z shows signs of spiritual revival. What does he point to? I'd be interested to know what he points to. Reading the surveys of America's second youngest generation uh, will worry anyone that this cohort's widespread suffering from mental illness, confusion over gender and sexuality. Of course, optimism about the use couldn't have been running high for many in the 1960s either. But now we're looking back and celebrating the Jesus Re Revolution. Well, advertising that movie isn't really an argument that Gen Z's, uh, that we're all going to make it as a good... <laughs> Uh, um, hey kids remember the <laughs> 70s like what that movie you loved uh <laughs> that movie that some of your parents loved right like, some of, exactly. like you didn't i'm not saying it. i i didn't see it i'm not critiquing the movie. i'm just saying i'd probably not a lot of gen z are watching that movie did the average tgc reader see it maybe maybe, maybe. all right theological assessment of this year's asbury awakening found many encouraging signs of enthusiastic worship and genuine revival. Perhaps the Lord is singing a soft and sweet song. I re I'm clicking on this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what is it? Generation that has faced so much 
Oh, uh, what is the link? Uh, it's ma'am, it's just a link to all you want to do is worship. A student reflects on eight months after Asbury. Now, these are not the things we point to no. as and reasons. That's, by the way, those are not the signs. <laughs> those are not the signs at all. I'm really I'm, I'm actually home. shocked that he jumps from those things to look, Gen Z, it's really happening. But it's so interesting that 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 um that revivalism is still yeah. so much there even though you've seen over and over that actually that doesn't necessarily have lasting effects unless it's real right You're but but usually when it's real it takes a totally different form so for instance Jesus revolution the Jesus people movement i think was a true revival of mm -hmm. god's spirit and one of the reasons i believe that is because i'm i still meet people to this day who are parts of churches and networks of churches and denominations or that have all stemmed from ultimately people who were saved during that move of God's spirit, mm -hmm. right? Like that, that is a lasting testament to what God is doing. Uh, that's not the case with these little revivals here and there that people talk about. It's finally happening. You know, like the, the, the typical, you know, uh, charismatic Pentecostal type revivals that are always happening. You yes. can go on YouTube right now and you will find a live stream of a revival taking place, uh, but it won't spur that same kind of actual building of the church. If if you're talking about revival as more worship nights that last a long time. You're just talking about college <laughs> students. We, yeah, exactly. Right? Like, like that's what you're talking about. And like college students, if you just came back from a winter conference where that happened, Good for you. That, that <laughs> happened for all of us, too. <laughs> We've all been a part of it. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the signs of revival in Gen Z are not the release of the Jesus Revolution film last year and a worship <laughs> night. So, uh, and again, college students staying up past their bedtime. It's it's, it's a revival. And I'm glad, that, like, <laughs> right, it's like, I'm glad that I did that. It like, there were positive <laughs> things for me, but like, the the like ground shaking thing that I just talked about wanting to happen in the last thing has nothing like is not related to these. Things. Yeah. No, the sign that Gen Z, by the way, there's possibility of revival is that there's many people that are waking up to the depravity that they're living in and to their sin. And they're seeking some form of repentance. That's actually a good, a good sign. And are going, wait, you'll tell me those things. I'll show yes. up. Right. Uh, may their tribe increase. All right. Activists seek to change theology of sexuality from within Christian communities. Andy Stanley didn't shock anyone um, in the know when he began to suggest evangelicals should be open to blessing or accepting same-sex marriages, nor did Pope Francis. Uh, we talked about that. Mentions the Anglican communion. Um, history has shown when you combine pragmatism with evangelism, you end up with theological liberalism. Wise, seminary, and college students are flocking to classes on Christian anthropology that review beauty of god's design and the male and female and perhaps the lesson from history tgc should learn is the moderates who say we should all play nice along the way are the people who empowered the the rise of liberalism in every institution and all these things just a free piece of 2024 advice uh along along the way so, uh all right uh Number two, chat GPT thrills and frightens tech futurists. Pastor Michael, we even got around to this. We did. Uh, 
so yeah, a lot of lot of people talking about talking about the chat GBT. Anything you want to say that doesn't have to anything you want to talk about this? This has nothing to do with theology, by the way. Um no, on, right. And even the fact that it's focused on what it, you know, for tech futurists. Yeah. Well, who like I, I was we clicked on the article because you said top theology stories. Um does it potentially concern things that will happen in the church. Yeah, this is what we talked about using it for sermon prep and and those sorts of things. Which interestingly, after we had that conversation about, you know, hey, just type in, get all these, you know, illustrations or things like that that are added to your sermon. Um I did uh come into uh some books that there were some books that were just like old and I know I've seen these before, but it was just like, you know, a thousand and one illustrations for preaching and things like that. And I just thought, hey, that's kind of the same thing, right? Except you're doing a little more work, right? You have to go and buy it and open it and take a look and pick what you're going to use. But uh, very similar, very similar things. Ultimately, guys, it's a tool. It's a tool. Yep. And it may not be good for some uses. It may be good for some uses. And you have to have wisdom if you're going to use it well. Yeah. And yeah, I think again, right? This is where I wish we had a little bit of your dispensationalist uncle energy. Like, tell me it's the Antichrist or, or it's not a theology story. Like, that's at me. least more fun. That's yeah, at least yeah, more fun. And number one, um, this man, it's it's interesting that this is number one. Um, and it is very theologically related, and it is a gigantic story. I again, it's one of those things where like I don't know, but Hamas attacks Israeli military and civilians and civilians, uh, and it receives unexpected support. So pastor Michael, the, is the, I don't, again, I don't think the, the maybe the theology story is that Hamas got support, but again, I think the, the actual theology story is Christians who are no longer dispensational yeah. renegotiating what does it mean to support Israel or not support Israel or the reasons we would do so or not? Right. Yes. Why we reviewed Mark Driscoll's sermon where he, you know, all the connections are coming to me right away. So, yep. Yeah, I think that is you're right. That's the story. And we're we are in a new day when, um, you know, supporting national Israel, modern national Israel. Um, is no longer uh, maybe as popular as it once was and trying to figure out and navigate that and understanding why that shift has happened, how it's happened. Uh, you know, uh, that is, that is a much more directly theological story. Yes. So uh, let's, let's compare that list to the evangelical dark web. So uh, these are like the bad guys, right? Like, at least, are... like, you know, when you're thinking of the gospel coalition, the bad guys are, the evangelical dark web, and right? If you're if you're the evangelical dark web, the bad guys are the gospel coalition. All right. This <laughs> I love that you picked these two then. That's great. Um, so but I, I think what you'll find interesting is pretty similar. I, they're very similar, right? Now they might come to very different conclusions. That's the, the that's that, man. So everybody, I don't know if you realize how just profound and interesting that is, which you know, maybe. All of these stories that are the same are the like they're the same story. Yeah, uh, maybe they are the top theological stories, and also maybe every one of us is trapped inside of a kind of echo chamber where we are, you know, completely influenced by the same things, the same algorithms, the same stories, 
and the only thing we have is to kind of pick sides along whatever lines have already been set. Maybe that's what's going on. I'm just, you know, we'll see. Yeah. So he picks his number 10 as the Asbury Revival. And so um, I'd give attribution to the author. But, of course, for some reason, the author does not claim this article, which, all right, guys. Uh, all right. I uh, instantly feel like this is more one of those kind of, you know, boomer conspiracy theory pages that you get sent via email sometimes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, it, so, it is the kind of dispensational like website that was put together by like a 70 year old man. And it really shows. Should I turn it to dark mode? <laughs> so Asbury revival, the Asbury revival captured national attention for the elongated worship service that lasted 16 days at the university chapel, clumsy gospel presentations and hyper emotional music are the <laughs> characterizations of this event, which captivated many. Colin Hansen, Gen Z is on the move. Yeah, uh, so intellectual dark web, evangelical dark web, I should say. Uh, they not were impressed. clumsy and <laughs> not impressed. Or our take, probably a sign of Christian college students expressing faith in a way pretty common to Christian college students. Yeah. So happy for them. Probably not the sign of the of the times. All right. Number two. This one actually is closer to how we said it, right? Dispensationalism debate admits Israeli and Gaza war. Right. Um, you Wait, know, are we the evangelical dark web? <laughs> I, I, I would like like I would like that kind of thing to exist. It doesn't, uh, and it probably never will. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, his next one is he gives Andy Stanley's promotion of homosexuality its own thing. I bet I'll just go ahead and say I bet this guy's a Baptist based on how many Baptist stories they get. Oh, yeah. Are, are all <laughs> yeah. of the people who do this Baptist? Is that just how it goes? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's their world. I'm just living in it, right? <laughs> Andy Stanley has been the most prominent false teacher of the 21st century. That's how that line starts. Oh, man. So there you go. Um, <laughs> As a man who showcases compromise. Um, here's one that wasn't on the last li uh, list. SBC passes the Mike Law Amendment. Right? The Mike Law Amendment is passed on the floor. The amendment signify that churches with female pastors are not in friendly cooperation with the Southern Baptist Convention and would lead to the Credentials Committee having grounds for their removal. Um, and so, right, uh, it, it fat it will have to be um, ratified or whatever. And that, you know, this is um, it's going to right be an uphill battle uh, in the Southern Baptist convention. Yeah. I think that that probably just goes along with the, the ongoing saddleback story. Right. I think yeah. those are part of the same. I feel like you could lump that together. Yeah. I think that's part of the same battle. Here's a story, the SBC yep. met again, it, and are dealing with some things. And again, the defeat, of course, here we go. That we, that's the Rick Warren and Saddleback Church. This is so funny to me to put uh, these two next to each other. Uh, yet his time with the SBC ended not with a bang, but with a wheeze. That's, <laughs> like, that's a good line. This guy is uh, just uh, credit where credit's due. It's a pretty good line. Uh, this one, again, this one is a funny is, headline. That's this <laughs> one is strange. The chosen goes gay. Now, uh, I we're only, I'm only going to read this. I haven't read all of his things because some of his like the ways he talks about things as I was like, ah, let's just go through this. 
I started reading some of the sentences. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe these this <laughs> article doesn't deserve the time. Yeah, uh, the time. But this again, was... it's uh, it's the boomer old man dispensationalist website. It's the same thing, right? Like that. Oh, apparently, what happened was the chosen had a gay flag in a promotional video. I remember it this. It was it was like in the background on set. So somebody working with the chosen uh, is supportive of it. And when it came out, there was a bunch of like, you know, the cast members and things like that were that were like, it's not a big deal. You know, we should defend. Hey, they have every right to do that. They're a wonderful person, whatever it is, you know. Um, and so, wow, you, you're telling me that the chosen is involved with some kind of compromise. Yeah. What? <laughs> I is this the actual story of 2023 about the chosen? Probably no. not, but no. I would say Christian media like the chosen pro and its influence, potentially the sound of freedom being a insanely huge breakout hit. Like, I do think there's probably a story involved there's in something media. to that. Yeah. Even the Jesus, even the Jesus. Yeah, no, that was, I mean, it was a big movie. It was, uh, I mean, I've heard from people. It was actually well-made. It was done well. Like it, it sounds like there was some, I mean, there was. It was a big year in Christian media in general, yeah. good and bad. It, good and bad. And and so I do think there is a story there. Again, I think this guy wants to destroy The Chosen, a, a goal I'm sympathetic to, uh, isn't a fan of D Dallas Jenkins. The, the Jenkins family, the kingmakers of Christian media, the Left Behind series by his dad and now him making The Chosen. Like, wow. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> There's something. Hey. There's something Don't water. hate the player, hate the game. The I, guys are good. <laughs> They're good. They're good at what they do. There's something in the water they're drinking in the Jenkins household, and I've got to know if it's liquid death because maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm on the way. All right. Uh, then he go, he does uh, the death of Tim Keller, um, and he says that it became he was clear a liberal from the beginning, promoted <laughs> a theistic evolution. Biologa, uh, social justice, side B theology, <laughs> effeminate witness at the Gospel Coalition, right? So he takes this moment to spit on the grave. Did he just read what the Gospel Coalition had and then did based off of that a I little bit? Because it feels it does feel a little bit like that. Um, Anglican Church removes Church of England's first among equal status. Uh, to an American, it may seem whole hum, but the Church of England, the Church of England being stripped of the first among equal status in the global Anglican community is a major victory in the battle of Anglicanism. This, I actually think, is probably a good get on the story. The and like an actual, hey, when it comes to not just like, here's what happened in the SBC, which matters. I'm not saying it yes. doesn't matter, right? You guys, you're a bigger denomination than us. Well, yep. I get it. Uh, but like, this is a real, like, bigger deal in this the like the global Christian scene. Because of how awesome and base the bishops yeah. in Africa are compared Seriously. to England. Um, right. I, I'm fine that the PCA having its 40 year jubilee was not one of the, the top 10 stories of the year. But this actually, Colin Hansen, you could learn probably a lot of things you wouldn't enjoy learning from this guy. But this as a huge story is actually so important to Anglicanism worldwide what that means, how, um, what the global church, which we profess an interest in many times, uh, is actually like. This is a great story. And I'm the African bishops shaming the Western ones um, in their faithfulness to scripture and willingness to stand is, you know, God bless them, right? Yeah.
and may their tribe increase. Um, all right. The papists go gay. Again, basically, he's just recycling that line now. Um, he liked it. You can tell when he typed that one, he was like, I got a good one here. Yeah. Hey, honey, come over here. I want to show you this. And she's yeah. like, I don't know. I, I, I'm just going to I'm just going to keep knitting. <laughs> That's, this is what I imagine happening. And, and again, what's interesting about this is, again, pairing these two. This guy is just like, let me be blatant about what I want you to think about everything. Uh, Colin Hansen is a little more tricky with a million hyperlinks. But it's what. clear that there is a bit of a, you know, a right. spin on things. Right. Because here's a here's another great example. This guy's number one story is not as Colin Hansen put it, which was his number seven story. But again, it tells me everyone's going to talk about this next year. Fears of Christian nationalism focus on new speaker. This guy's number one story is Christian nationalism rises. <laughs> right. <laughs> Books, multiple conferences addressing the an ancient theology under a new name in 2023, the side that held the line against critical race theory fractured it. Um, it became clear. Not all who opposed critical race theory did so on principle, but to protect an earlier stage of liberalism, G three ministries became the embodiment of this split and their credibility tanked with their preferred allies and atheists leading to their discrediting. The actual G3 conference was marred by Owen Strachan's woke revert. The Christian news cycle was dominated by Christian nationalism, but each attack made it stronger. The Christian nationalists piled up its W's around the world in Uganda, Hungary, and some U.S. states. The revitalized political theology is only getting started. Uh, I mean... Wow. wow. You know uh, how, like... You know how sometimes, you know, it's the, hey, we're at a family get together and you're, you know, your uncle that you generally like and you generally agree with starts to get a little bit pushy, starts to, you know, kind of, kind of say things he maybe shouldn't in this, you know, in this particular family context. And you think like, you know, we agree on a lot of stuff, but, but I don't really want you talking in public, yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Like that's that's probably a little bit of this, right? I, it's I do think, by the way, um, at least in the American context, Chris, Christian nationalism is one of the biggest stories. It's you been one of the be. biggest debates, one of the biggest discussions, as far as I can see. Whether it be like I mean, on like local level, all the way to bigger. And actually, if you break down a lot of the a lot of the things that you saw in both of these lists, they actually have to do more with politics than not mm. and i would argue that that really you know so when i say christian nationalism maybe not even just christian nationalism but like that tied with hey how do we actually respond if we don't like that what should we be doing when it comes to the political scene right um that i actually think that might be uh probably one of the bigger stories um it, even if we would put it different than either tgc or and this guy <laughs> i think it's very interesting that TGC, the influence, and again, I think Colin Hansen, because he's a trained journalist, he just writes this way more generally. I also think the way they try and influence things is more through suggestion and insinuation. Yeah, which Obviously, I think they would call persuasion. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, This guy's version of persuasion is shoot everyone. Because the problem... <laughs> the with, Baptist way. Yeah, <laughs> no, 
the problem with how this guy goes about this is <laughs> like I this is the problem with what often is called discernment ministry is that it and en- it ends up you saying I've shot everyone and now it's just me like yep. that's and this is why like again like I'm I follow this telegram channel and there's it's there's just as likely I'll keep following it and there'll be a picture of me on the next one <laughs> this cloud in 2020 yeah, well, that would be so oh man I hope he does it I hope he knows it. he like he finds out about this podcast I hope he does it because that would be so good oh man. that'd be so good this cloud is <laughs> I can't wait to see him compromise <laughs> this year uh this <laughs> in uh, the same denomination as tim keller, keller. right hyperlink to everything he doesn't like about tim keller like this <laughs> yeah so i i uh, i think that like that's the i don't be like that in 2024 why can't don't you be normal everyone. that's why i feel like we can say this to every hey we are the third way now i, you know, I look at us that. look I, at us I am we the, are I, the third way. You know that I had this like really uncomfortable realization where I think I realized that I'm the third way. Yeah, we oh, are like oh, wrestling. Man. This is this now is I'm definitely the third way. <laughs> dark web's target of 2024. And and here's what I mean by it. I don't know this dude. Day 12 has went off the rails. <laughs> it has, I don't know what it, we're doing at this point. This water, this. <laughs> This Alps water. This All water. I'm drinking is liquid death. I don't know what happened. This 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 is what off the rails, and and we're gonna keep indulging it because cl- we are going full Pop Tarts mascot here to end this. And I'm gonna pull up a clip of him for you, for so we can at least go out with him dancing. Um, but I've realized, and this is what I think the third way needs to be now. The third way at one point was now a guy wrote a great article about tim keller's followers that it would be great for us to do a tweet thread and stuff uh that uh would be great for us to talk about in this new year maybe after i have a baby um the third way in which i'm using it is i am holding to all these convictions and i'm attempting to persuade for it to be persuasive for them is that is that kind of what i'm what i'm i've realized i'm getting at is that is this does that make sense what i'm saying about like what i've realized i am i'm doing is i actually sit i'm not saying i can't sit in this camp i need to be in a different camp i'm saying i do sit in this camp and i am interested in communicating across yeah actually trying to win people over to what you are thinking um instead of the lines are drawn it's a fight yes you know, and, and there's a fight, maybe a fight element, but like, hey, in the end, my goal in this is actually to convince you to come this way. You know, like that, that's what I want. Um, the, you know, the goal in much of how we do this podcast is, hey, we like, we want people to continue to learn what it looks like to be faithful, which we believe is to continue on. Uh, the path to uh, the reformed and Presbyterian world, uh, even if they're not there yet, right? Like that's, we, we want that, right? Um, whereas because of the extreme polarization that we're seeing right now, whether it be 
the guys who are like, all right, gloves are off. Let's do this. You know, um, the, the evangelical dark web types, or whether it be the people who still think that they're moderates, but will also take every chance they get to destroy, you know, people and the lives of anybody that they disagree with um, on the other side, right? Like you're, you've both drawn lines that require you to just destroy the other person. Yeah. That's it. But actually, no, there is a way we can uh, not, not, I'm not even saying find common ground, right? I want, we want to persuade you to come this way, you know, to come right. this direction. Uh, you know, that's, that's ultimately what we want. And that we understand that our perspective, just like when I wasn't confessional, there was a, t like, I wasn't confessional. I wasn't a confessional Presbyterian when I started learning about the YRR. And that 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 somebody and in that in fact, in that case, it, someone named Mark Driscoll helped me begin to understand that. And then other people, better people like continued <laughs> to talk to me. And even though I didn't understand, even though I didn't agree with them, even though I made mistakes, even though I was impulsive, uh, even though at one point I was like, dude, let's go, you know, uh, theonomy or like for whatever, like whatever whatever trend I was attracted to at that moment, people kept caring and kept talking to me in ways that were helpful. And that's right. What I want to do. And I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to be in the third way where I throw my own side to the wolves to yes. try and persuade people. Right. But I do want to persuade them. Yes. Right. I do want to persuade. And I obviously, because I, because I am not uh, the rage stage Baptist, I also don't have the right to just throw everyone to the wolves because the church of Jesus Christ is bigger than me. It's better than me. It's more important than me. Uh, God loves the church. God loves a lot of people in the church that I disagree with. And God, by God's grace, loves me. And there are a lot, plenty of people in the church, probably including the evangelical dark web guy now, uh, that don't like me so much. So, Pastor Michael, this is the final 12 days of Restless. This is actually, this is not what was actually broadcast, but this is what some someone did to make the reveal of this Pop-Tart guy even better. So, Pastor Michael, I hope everyone subscribes to this YouTube channel. We're like three people away from 300. Let's, let's, let's. That's pretty good. Let's get to 300. Uh, by yeah. time, by time this episode comes out, we better be over 300. I'd be oh, shocked if we're not. <laughs> I love, let's have this important conversation and end with this. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. All I watched, all all my Twitter is, is clips of that to different songs and different things, but that's all I need. Everybody, 12 Days of Restless, I'm having a baby. I'll see you later. <laughs>